y'all. I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, the best things happen while you're dancing. I'm quitting podcasting to become a rockette. And all movies are made with Technicolor. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television, the glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Beaver Talk. Merry Christmas! I wish we had like jingle bells to start this episode with. I just thought of that. Yeah, can't we need some sound effects here? Um, Merry Christmas! I have the best. (laughs) You're so deadpan. (laughs) I have the best voice to do this episode with today because I'm like getting over a cold, so it's like very low, like Bing Crosby. Kind of Crosby. What a guy! Hey, what a guy! Do we start there? Yeah, let's start that. Let's jump right in. What the fuck is up with this guy? And like. He had such a sad life, too. Really? His son committed suicide (gasps) um, and kind of, like, blamed him for it. No. So there's been a lot of, like, like he was its beloved star, but the classic where it's just, like, your personal life is kind of a wreck. When he sings that opening song to the soldiers, I was like, I don't know if it's You mean that opening song called White Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) That little ditty. When he sings to them, I was like, oh, I'm already crying. Like, my hormones were, like, in full. And I was watching it by myself, which was a little bit sad. But, you know, you got to get these things done for the podcast. This, I know. We got to do the work. This movie is kind of sad and bizarre. (laughs) It's so bizarre. You think it's sad? Um, I always feel kind of melancholic watching it. I don't know if it's just because it reminds me so much of my mom. And so being so far away from her and watching Mm. it makes me a little sad. Sure. But we watched it together last year and she derives so much joy from it because I think that she's one of like the five people in this world who actually love it so much unconditionally. You know what? I When I posted that I was watching it on my Instagram stories, I had no fewer than 10 people reach out and be like, this is the greatest movie of all time. We love this Christmas movie. Like, I'm so glad you're watching and doing an episode. Like, people love this movie. So... Right. And like Umer watched it last year and he he brought out his laptop five minutes in and started working because he's like, this is unwatchable. Like, what? How do you like this movie? And I'm like, <laughs> it's such a dream, this movie. I kind of get it. I get it on the level of like, it's really weird. There are some very strange choices and moments in this film. Really? You don't think so? I think that there's one major plot plot. What? There's two major <laughs> plot points that are, that feel disconnecting to me, Okay, which we can get into. You have some notes? You have some notes for this movie? Why are you laughing so much? Because Did it, you th- Do you find this whole thing problematic? Not, well, I think it's very of its time. Yes. It's very 1954. Business is a booming in the United States, and we're celebrating war, and we're still pretty racist, well, and we're that, still pretty, Well, like, that was the thing, is like my... Um, you know, the last time I watched, you know, my dad was a lieutenant colonel in the army. Like this, the idea of this brotherhood and the war is so Americana. And I, I also find it very triggering as an army brat, because when I watch this stuff, I immediately empath like all of this drama of like what it was like to sacrifice for our country. Like I have a very entangled view of the military Mm -hmm. from my personal experience um, and so it's a very heart, uh, what's like, it really jabs you 
in an intense way. That's hard for me oftentimes to like be objective about movies that have to do with the military because I either really hate them or I like succumb to them emotionally. And this one you kind of succumb to emotionally? I did up until kind of the end because then the entrepreneur in my brain was so mad that they didn't monetize the show <laughs> and like help this general out financially right. that I was mad. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Also, we'll get into the relationships and stuff. Also, we haven't even talked about what movie we're really yeah. getting into right now. <laughs> well, tell you, we had both wanted to do a Christmas movie and White Christmas was in the mix. And tell me about your history. Tell me about like you watching it with your mom. Like what's your relationship to this movie? So I think I really watched this movie through the eyes of my mother. I think that I watched it, I don't know, when I was in my teenage years for the first time. And my mom kind of like colored, you know, she knew facts about all the leads. She knew like all of these like kind of little things about it. She had a lot of nostalgia, not for when it came out. She wasn't alive, but uh, when she watched it as a kid. um, And so White Christmas for me is kind of one of those movies that like you gotta, you gotta watch it every year. And it's just like you have to put it on either to like make dinner or you have to put it on in like just grab a big bottle of wine and popcorn and watch it. Like I just watch it every year. It's part of the routine. It's part of the routine. And I'm not, I kind of have this like, it's my guilty pleasure. I think that I just love the Technicolor. This is a gorgeous movie to watch. Like it is just stunningly beautiful. I love the talent. You have literally the top of the top of Hollywood with Vera Ellen and Rosemary Clooney and Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby. <laughs> um, so for me, it's like I, I love to hate it. I love to kind of like get into it and then rip it apart. Yeah. I mean, the costumes are truly spectacular. And it's such an old it's a movie that gives you like such old Hollywood glamour in all the right ways. Yeah. And like the sequence and, you know, the like the fake club scenes and the the sets. It's just there's something so delicious about it. Agreed. It's like it's like a bygone era. It's Mm -hmm. like we just don't make movies like this anymore. And the dancing. Oh, my God. Like, my God. Like, look, the choreography. It's like we're doing choreography. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting, like thinking about modern musicals. I feel like sometimes they drop a song in and it's like, they wanted to move the plot forward. It just, it's very contrived, I would say. Um, and this so seamlessly gave you entertainment. Yeah. Like there was the pacing of this film, the editing of like, we're going to add in and just for the glamour of it. Yeah. It was so well done and so delightful. And I never at any point felt like, oh, another song. You're just like, oh, a song. Like, and now what are we doing? And what are we going to see? And yeah. it, it was, and I think that's a product of that era that just knew how to do that so well. Absolutely. And and speaking of the costumes and kind of the golden, I mean, this was literally the golden age of Hollywood and the golden age of everybody. Every name was a part of this in some way or another. And Edith Head um, actually did the costume design for it. And she designed for Roman Holiday, Sabrina. She did all of Audrey Hepburn's costumes. She did Grace Kelly for Rear Window. She did Liz Taylor for A Place in the Sun. The woman has won eight Academy Awards for costume design. So it's like you just have the best of the best, the best of the best, like putting everyone on. Did you have a favorite outfit? My favorite outfit is the outfit that um, 
Vera Ellen wears on the train where she literally looks like a vintage Barbie doll. Mm. She's so tiny. She's so tiny. And her makeup and her eyes are just so big. Yeah. And she's wearing that little pill. It's like a little pillbox hat that's like leopard print mm-hmm. and a yellow coat. And I'm like, you look like a Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> What's I, your favorite costume? I liked when she did the dance with, um, what's his name? And she wears that pink kind of chiffon oh, yeah. little number. And then the underbelly of the dress is like a dark pink. Yes. So anytime she sways or moves, you can see this hint of color and it's like perfection. Beautiful. It's such a great choice, you know, and obviously it's worn to be danced. I mean, just everything about it. And again, her little itty bitty waist. My God, she is a small human. Yeah. There's like a rumor that she suffered from bulimia and anorexia her whole life. And that's why they keep her neck covered all the time is because it was mm. like aged. But then she went to the premiere of A Star is Born um, back. I guess that would have been with Streisand. Maybe with Judy Garland? Probably with Probably Judy, Judy Garland. Think, yeah. yeah. Um, and she had like her neck exposed and everybody's like, oh, I guess this is fine. But these are like the weird rumors you get into with old Hollywood. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was the best of the best. And and uh, Bob Fosse did all the choreography for it, who, again, I mean, what the hell? Just like every name was attached to this. It's incredible. Yeah. What's your, like, what's your history with White Christmas? You know, to be honest, I don't, I don't have one. And I, a couple of Christmases ago, you know, I love an old movie and I love a Christmas movie. And so I just kind of threw it on and was watching it. And then I think, I'm always kind of on the hunt for like a family friendly film. You know, the holidays, like usually my aunts come over and, you know, we watch it. There's like, you know, TV to be watched. And I always really pride myself, (laughs) I guess, on my media selection. Who would have thunk um, of like, what can we watch that like we'll all enjoy? Right. And um, my uncle was also in the military. So I I, when this movie, when we were watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great one for the fam to to connect with. And the costumes are great. And yeah. Um, so I had seen it and then we watched it together as a family and then, and I remember just really enjoying it and loving, you know, the costumes and how cheesy the ending is. And it's, it gives you everything you want, I think, in a holiday flick. Yeah. Yeah. There were some weird choices made in this movie though. Talk talk to me about the weird choices. Where is your discomfort coming from? What's your, uh. What are your plot? What are your plot holes or your notes? Here we go. So <laughs> let's let's get into it. Um, the ages are all fucked up, and this is something that people write about all the time in regards to this movie. I was like kind of digging around in prep for this episode, and Rosemary Clooney, who yes, she is that Clooney. She's George Clooney's aunt. I was gonna ask you, and I was googling it, and I don't know why it didn't come up. I oh, kept really? going Clooney, George, like Rosemary, like I couldn't. For I don't know, maybe yeah. I'm not a very good Googler, but. <laughs> I don't know how to use a computer. <laughs> I feel like the words I choose, no one uses to search things, so I can never find anything I'm looking for. Yeah. Thank I mean, you for this clarity. There's a reason why she kind of looks like George Clooney and drag in most of the shots. <laughs> they look very similar. How cool is that? Yeah, so that was his aunt. They weren't close. And he said that they actually didn't get along at all. Oh, he, that's a She was kind of out in Hollywood, and he was in Kentucky. Um, so he didn't really see her, but yeah. that's all his right. aunt. Well. That's comes cool. from royalty. So she's 26 when this movie is made, which she is 26? blows my mind. She is a year younger than me. She is 26. 26. How old is Vera Allen in the movie? 33. 
still pretty young. And Rosemary Clooney plays her older sister, which is kind of funny, which is neither here nor there. They change stuff up all the time. The really problematic age gap. I don't think Rosemary Clooney looks 26. Not in the slightest. Yeah, I think But they, she's also very done up. Well, like, they also made her hair, like, not a yeah. bleach blonde. They yeah. gave her, like, a dark blonde, like, a sophisticated look. Yeah, she's like a she's like a brown sugar blonde. And she wears those sequin gloves at that club. Her hands are just so huge. What? <laughs> <laughs> is that why they have her in so many gloves? Yeah, I mean. Is that a little uh, behind the scenes? This is just more of the choices made. Oh, my God. I love I was like, I got to get a pair of sequin gloves. I mean, we'll get those for you. Bing Crosby was 51 when this movie was made. Ay, 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 ay. Rosemary Clooney is supposed to fall in love with him. Right. There's a 25-year age gap, that which is, is very old Hollywood, if you think about it. Right. I feel like that's something nobody would have ever looked they twice don't, at. To be fair, they don't look unmatched, though. There is a... Sh- she has, <laughs> She has, like, such a sophistication, I would have never guessed she was 26. I wouldn't guess she's 26, but they look significantly older than the girls. Yeah, that's true. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> you're right. But it, I was blinded by I the I like sequence. that you just buy into this movie and you're like, there are no problems. To be fair, I watched five Netflix romantic comedy Christmas movies and they were such garbage that this was a breath of fresh. <laughs> I mean, in terms of production, you kind of can't get bigger and better than this. Right. And vision, and like they knew exactly what they were doing. Um, what else is weird about this movie? Vera Ellen didn't sing except for the beginning of Snow. Yeah, why doesn't she sing? <coughs> Snow. As I choke. It was all Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. I don't know why. She's a dancer, she's not a singer. I mean, she was a great dancer. <coughs> she would really bring it home. And she'd do those little heels and everything. It was quite spectacular to to observe. It's amazing. Are you dying? Are you okay? I'm dying slowly. Yes. <laughs> uh oh. Oh my send god! Her out Sorry, to guys. She's gonna go live in the barn in Vermont. I have to go to Vermont because I have to be quarantined. Um, Vera Ellen. Another fun fact is that she used to carpool to dance class with Doris Day. Wow, that's cute. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's like all these people were like born to be famous. I feel like. In Hollywood now, there like aren't all these fun crossovers, and it's like, well, there might be. We just don't know about them ever. Yeah, we just haven't met the Doris Day of today. Yeah, amazing. Um, and by the time she was eighteen, Vera Ellen was one of the youngest Rockettes. Wow, which is just spectacular. Did I ever tell you that my grandmother wanted to be a Rockette? Yeah, which when I wrote this point, I was kind of hoping you'd tell that story. <laughs> Yeah, she always wanted to move to New York City to be a rockette. She was a tap dancer, and her family wouldn't let her. I mean, that's incredible. So it's my destiny <laughs> to go to uh, – I think I have to be taller, though, right? Don't you have to be five-something, eight, 11? I would assume the measurements on what you have to be to be a rockette are pretty much not us. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen for me in this life. Not going to happen. Maybe I'll project that onto my little girl. I want to join the chorus line. Oh, yeah. Let's set that expectation <laughs> for Jenny. <laughs> Done. Have you ever seen the Rockettes? I never have. No. I've heard that it's kind of neither here nor there. Well, you know, it's. <coughs> I think it's great. Like, it's a fun <coughs> Christmas spectacular. Um, I saw it with my mom in New York many years ago. But there is... <coughs> They do like a sponsored program where like the everything is covered by like a logo of a bank. And it just kind of took away like the fun of it because it's just like, 
Are we watching a commercial or are we watching the Rockettes? But I mean, probably a little bit of both. It was a lot. Yeah. It kind of seems like that to me. Like I've had a few friends who have gone and it's just like cool to see them because they're famous. But I mean, they're great dancers. I love it. What so other planned. problems did you find? Um, they do a song about how great minstrel shows are. <laughs> they do? Yeah. I'm like blacked out during this. Oh my like, God. Did you watch this film? Which song did they do? I'd do love know? to see a minstrel show than any other show I know. My God, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not on my game. Yeah. And then there's like the whole, I, I mean, I was it's heating just, up my hot cocoa at that moment. This is, yeah. Kind of dip out during You're a song or two. baking your sugar cookies at that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. Are there any people again, of color in this movie? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. But also, it's 1954 Hollywood, and again, it's very of its time. I also thought it was interesting, like, they did these really interesting, like, objectification shots. Did you notice that they, like, <laughs> set up totally. on a girl's butt or, like, beautiful legs, and then they, like, move into the frame? But I kind of wasn't mad at it because they were so <laughs> meticulously designed. <laughs> That the, they almost looked like pictures, which is probably not great to say, but amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, there's and then there's like the whole conversations around like, you know, when Danny Kay and Vera Ellen are trying to conspire to get Rosemary Clooney and Bing Crosby to marry. And he's just like, Well, I would assume it would have to be a woman. And then he's like, That's a must. And it's just like I liked when they did drag man. of the sisters. So that wasn't initially supposed to be in the movie. You can tell Bing Crosby looks pissed they're doing it. Do you think so? Yeah, I think his face is like, he doesn't, because, is it Dean Kane? Is that? Danny Kane. Yeah, Danny Kane. Oh, thank, thank you. I'm writing it down. Um, you can tell he really, you can, I, I, there's just moments, I think, instinctually where you go, oh, this is improv. And you could tell Danny totally commits to being yeah. like a little bit femme and like going into it. And yeah. Bing doesn't know. He's he's ha- he's one foot in, one foot out, and he doesn't know how to play it. Yeah. So he doesn't know how it's going to read. And totally. You can tell he feels very uncomfortable. So I felt like he, that doesn't surprise me at all that it was not part of the original. I think it was so off-brand for him. He's such a, like, he portrayed this, like, family man, you know, persona. And I think he's such a straight man. And, like, I yeah. think he was uncomfortable. What did you think about him in this movie? Did you like him? Did you not like him? I feel like he's too old in this movie. Mm. His age really bothers me. Really? I mean, obviously, White Christmas and Bing Crosby are, you can't, they're inseparable. You he's can't, such like, a good voice, though. Other. His voice is incredible. I really loved, like, he. there's something so cathartic about it. Yeah. Really I really talented. love Danny Kaye because I, I love his screen presence. I think he's he so brought natural. The noise. Yes. And, like, in other movies, um, he's just this kind of, He's goofy but sincere. Like it's not this kind of like oddball yeah. screwball comedy thing that he does. It's There's like a vulnerability about him that sh- that really shines in yeah. it, like a good way. I think to me, I always end up whenever I watch this movie, I always end up watching him. I feel like I'm not really paying attention to Bing Crosby. Well, I think he was like, I'm not going to be outshined, right. and I think he really brought his A game. So he was the third choice for that role. Interesting. It was initially supposed to go to Fred Astaire. Oh, and Fred Astaire had, too close. I think. Oh my God, that would have just been like weird. Like not enough of a yin. There is not enough air in the room to have <laughs> Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire on screen together. That would be yeah. insane. But yeah, it was originally supposed to be him, and I think this movie wouldn't have worked if that had happened. And he had already retired by the time they got their shit together to make the movie. So he was like, 
I'm not coming out of retirement for this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I always end up watching Danny Kaye and I feel like I want to like kind of get into his movies more because he's great. He's great. And later in his life, like kind of in his upper years, he started a cooking. He's, he's like an avid chef. Love it. And he started hosting these dinner parties where he'd have like one famous person over and make them like a whole spread. And like, I don't actually think they were televised or anything like that. He was just kind of like known for doing this in Hollywood. Mm, I like it. Just so glamorous that I love it. Yeah. And the ladies were equally, I mean, fantastic in the film and really brought a lot of um, just joy and and real just raw talent to, you know, either executing a dance number or singing or, you know, again, just exuding this effortlessness, this like Hollywood glamour that we don't really see too much anymore. Yeah. What's your like your favorite old time movie? Like old Hollywood movie? Ah, it's such a good question. Do you like an Audrey Hepburn? Do you like a Marilyn Monroe, Liz Taylor? I gravitate more towards a Marilyn, Mm -hmm. for sure. I think her comedy is like really endearing and sweet. Um, Audrey always seemed a little too polished Mm. for me to connect with. Do you know what I mean? She's more of a Charlotte. And, um, you know, I think that Marilyn's more of a Carrie. Um, it all comes back to sex in the city. Yeah, which everything in my life. <laughs> I don't know. I really like Jane Fonda's Barefoot in the Park, I think, is one of my faves. I haven't oh, seen it in such a long time. That's a great one. Yeah, I think that's – I don't know if I have a, an ultimate fave that I'll have to reflect for you. What about you? Yeah, I think um, – I wish I knew more about – I wish I had seen more from, like, the golden age of Hollywood because I haven't watched a ton of it. I mean, I know about it generally, but, like, I haven't really watched Liz Taylor. I haven't really seen any of her movies. I haven't really watched Grace Kelly aside from, like, Rear Window. Maybe that'll be a New Year's resolution for us. Yeah, watch more old Hollywood movies. Um, I love Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. I love I love Audrey. But I also love Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe. And I think that I, I would love to kind of get more into that time. There's a great podcast called You Must Remember This with Karina Longworth that I'm obsessed with. And if you have any interest in Golden Age of Hollywood, she um, focuses on it solely. And each season is kind of based on a different aspect of it. So it's definitely worth a listen. Um, another really fun fact about this crazy movie called White Christmas is that the final scene was reenacted for the king and queen of Greece. Because they visited set and the director was just like, we'll do the whole thing again. The whole shebang with like the big I'm dreaming of a white Christmas finale. What are you saying? (laughs) They didn't put any film in the cameras because they had already got the shot. So they were like, we're not going to waste money on film. And Bing Crosby had already left set to go golfing. So they just did it with the three of them for the king and queen of Greece. How utterly insane is that? Wait a minute. So the king and queen of Greece, how did they get involved in wanting to see? They were just like visiting. Vermont? Um, <laughs> I think it was all shot in LA. I think I'm it was sure. shot in Paramount, Paramount Studio. But um, they were just visiting LA and like visiting the set. And they were like, can we like see something from it? But they'd already shot. They, visited. they were done. Yeah, they were done. And the, the director was just like, yeah, I mean, we can do it again for you. Wow. So they did it again without any film. Interesting. A How little strange. kooky. 
These are well, the stories we just don't get anymore. I love that that was the scene the director was like, yeah, we'll just do the whole finale and <laughs> do the big reveal. Without going, Bing Crosby. Oh, yeah, well. Because he's well, like, peace out. I'm going to go hit. I'm going to go do some holes. Interesting. What other fun facts do you have about this I mean, film? that is the extent of it. That is everything that I dug up about this movie. But I think there are just some moments in it that I just find so crazy. I what I, what I Moments that I really love are like when they're getting ready um, to go down to Florida and they're just like throwing all the stuff around the dressing room and it's like so choreographed. I love stuff like that because, again, I don't think we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one long shot too, I believe. Yeah. Which was cool. So cool when Danny Kaye's like trying to tell Bing Crosby to like settle down and Bing Crosby's like, I just haven't met the gal. Um, love that. And then there's just like, I don't know. I don't. What do we think about the general? What are so your thoughts weird. about like their dynamic and that little. they put blue dye in his hair to make him look old. Like, oh, they 100% did. Yeah, I noticed that. You can't shoot in Technicolor and put blue dye in someone's well, hair. Well, they, they just, it almost looked white. Like, it's like they they gave him, like, a dry shampoo Ugh. makeover to age him. Because um, he looks great other than his hair. <laughs> he's so tan. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's been, like, baking. <laughs> also, Bing Crosby's eyeballs in the Technicolor are so blue. <laughs> and sometimes if you pause it, the blue will run away on the frame. What? Like it doesn't totally match up. It was a bit distracting, actually. I thought once you notice it, then you won't be able to unsee it. Bugging out. No, I think it's the Technicolor (laughs) matching frame by frame. I think they probably just put a mask on it that sometimes takes a minute to catch up. Or they were hand painting those frames. I don't know how they did it. Technicolor is like the injection of like the dye that makes all the colors saturate. Mm -hmm. Interesting. We'll watch out for it. His his eyeballs definitely, and then sometimes it'll go lower than his eyes. Oh my god! Like someone got a little sleepy while they're injecting <laughs> it. And they're like, whatever, it's fine. Oh my god! Do we want to remake this movie? Do we? I think about this all of the time. Really? Obviously, get rid of like the clearly problematic things. Well, can it. I say the two things that I thought the plot points? So, I really the finances really bothered me about yeah. this. Because here okay, so if they go, hey, let's do this and publicize it and put it on TV, A like cut everybody in. Like get the like if this uh hotel motel holiday in was <laughs> flailing, that could have paid for their whole rent for like the next five years. Like right. why don't they cash the general in? on this process if they don't want to receive anything like give well, him these the guys gift are like ed sullivan level like it's like come on yeah like do it like that really annoyed me I that know. they didn't think of i mean and i guess the more more it's it, it's interesting too culturally <laughs> like this story was you know anti-capitalist it was like no we're just doing it for the love of christmas and it was like no give this man a retirement he can't do anything <laughs> it's almost too practical for this world i feel like yeah that's true the whole idea is just to warm our hearts with the acts and gestures and yeah. the dancing and then i couldn't quite figure out like it really annoyed me that they had this miscommunication about the money <laughs> And then nobody ever talked about it. And then it was like, oh, let's get married. Because it's like, if you can't have a conversation about money or your life, then you're in trouble. There's an issue there for sure. There's a real red flag. They've also known each other for a week. So it's like that usual Christmas problem. Where in all Christmas movies, they all get married after like a day of knowing each other. Yeah. It's good to know that that's been a trope since the beginning. (laughs) The miscommunication, though, really bothered me. 
Classic miscommunication. And then you're right. It is. That's a tale <laughs> as old as time. But I wanted a little bit more um, of real tension, maybe, of a real conflict, of a real growth. Also, what I always found distracting during the Vermont scenes was I was always like, the housekeeper, are you the witch from The Wizard of Oz or are you not? Oh, great question. She, but she's not. It's okay. not the same person. But that always used to be a big I distraction. I couldn't figure out me. if that was his wife or his... Who was that lady? Because the other girl was the niece, right? No, it's her. It's her grandpa. Oh, that's right. So, like, where are her parents? parents? (laughs) Yeah, she's in Vermont for the winter, helping out with the ski hill that's not up and running because it's like summertime. Yeah, very confusing. Well, we didn't really need to. I mean, who who really cares about the general at the end of the day? I almost want to remake White Christmas. Yeah, tell me about your remake plans. I want to remake White Christmas and fix some of these problems. Like, remake it with, like, that little girl is, like, grounded in something. Because I feel like she's wasted in this movie. I wanted, like, a number with her and Vera Ellen and Rosemary Clooney. Like, oh, I would be love- cute. Oh, my God. I would love to see her, like, get on stage with the gals and do something together. For sure. Um, I would have fixed the age gap. <laughs> totally. Um, Who's I- playing Bing Crosby in this movie? We need someone with, like, a deep voice. I'm feeling John Legend. Great, done. <laughs> no, no qualms. Um, and then for Dan, I mean, who's going to, my biggest question is who's going to replace Danny Kay? Because oh, I feel like he's him. fantastic. Yeah. I almost feel like Andrew Rinalis needs to be Danny Kay. Yeah. He's out there. Okay, he's up on the casting block. I like it. Um, I want to remake White Christmas because I, I think, I mean, not to compete at all with like the glamour and just the production of the 1954 version. But I think it could be updated in like a really fun way to kind of get rid of the cringeworthy moments, like the minstrel show song and like celebrating. What do you think of the song that's like, gee, I was, I wish I was back in the army. Well, I mean, I find army stuff to be, as I said, like deeply problematic always, or like very emotionally triggering. Um, so I always kind of think it's bullshit and I never really take it at any kind of authentic value. Right. It's almost like, can this movie be remade? Like knowing the space that it was grounded in, knowing the time that it held in 1954. I don't know, because there is such a good old boy energy and Americana of having the soldiers, especially anchoring the entire mm-hmm. movie in that first scene that would feel so intense now. Yeah. Like, could we show troops in Afghanistan? Like, it'd be so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't know if that through line would really feel, because there's something nice about it being in the past too, of it like, oh, that happened. Right. We don't have to think about it. It's not in our present. We're not in this wild blaze of a democracy that we're experiencing mm-hmm. so i don't know that is i don't not sure i'm not sure i have to really think about it or it's a different anchoring of brotherhood like mm. maybe they weren't in the army maybe it was something else that established these two guys who weren't you know supposed to be together yeah I don't we know, can bring them thought. together in a different just a way. note for you <laughs> as i make my right white christmas remake yeah <laughs> any other notes any other thoughts um no, I thought this, I'd love to know what are your other holiday movies? What are you watching? Like, mm. what's your, what do you pop in? I'm, I'm go ahead. I'm a big Santa Claus fan. With I was Sam just going to say My Santa brother Claus. and I would watch that every year. I watched the Santa Claus last year for the first time, maybe like in 10 years. Yeah, that's and a fun one. And it was the best. Yeah. 
It was the best. I loved it. Um, I always watch Acclamation, whether it's Rudolph or, mm-hmm. um, oh my god, you said the that year in a very Santa German Claus. way. Rudolph, <laughs> you said I like Rudolph. <laughs> I was like, oh god, I like leaned into that L. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also always do the Grinch, like the animated. Why version. do they keep making those movies? Can though? we stop? My mom was like, "Let's go see the Grinch." I was like, "Haven't we seen it eighteen times?" <laughs> Can What's Jim the- Carrey just be the definitive Grinch? We call it a day. Oh my god, absolutely not! We got to do the original Grinch. <laughs> well, with no, Boris of course, Karloff. but we've already made ten real life versions of it. There's another real life thing. There's another one that just came out this year. It's outrageous. It's nice to know that the Grinch, despite the fact that he's like a fairy tale monster, is this like getting more roles than women in Hollywood ever did. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. I yeah. mean, how many movies do we have about the Grinch? How many movies do we have about like Harriet Tubman or like any other women who have fundamentally changed the world? But we have another Grinch. Note. We have another Grinch movie. What what is this new Grinch? What, is, what I don't know. I refuse on? to engage. I'm not even like you know. It's just a black box for you. Uh, but my mom did want to see it, and well, I was like, no, I refuse. I want to go see Widows. So yeah, let's. Let's put our money in certain other places. Kent, do you watch any Christmas movies? Anything? No, not He's really. Serendipity. 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 I don't know if I've seen that movie. I have. It's a winter movie. I, like I always do Love Actually. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you like Love Actually? I did in college. And I haven't seen <laughs> you're, it. You're wiser now? <laughs> I don't know. I, ha- I, I like a rom-com. I, don't, I feel resistance towards it. I don't know why. Interesting. I, I, for some reason, I remember you absolutely hating it. Did I make that it up? It could be possible. I have no feelings, really. Okay. Well, we'll just leave that there then. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I hope you buddies have a fun time. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing, however you're celebrating. Um, And if there are other movies we should be watching or maybe you want to be a part of my White Christmas remake, please let us know your thoughts at beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much to Kent for spending all of your Wednesdays with us. Happy Feminist Wednesday, Happy Feminist Wednesday. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate them. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me t- let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque club. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The Lacey... Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!